my immediate thought was that Ed Wood fills a niche that we've discussed before because he's in many ways uh, a bad director, a bad artist, but he's somebody who was so singularly committed to his craft, his strange and you know uncannily weird uh, craft that he ended up kind of ultimately making art that one could argue is is interesting. I think he also sits at another nexus that we all grapple with in our lives constantly in which you and I have I think you know been discussing a lot of late and that's kind of the nexus between you know art and and commerce so will I mean was this your kind of motive is this where Ed Wood fits in for you the, the man and, and this film uh yes yes entirely this movie is an obvious creative touchstone for James Franco's the disaster artist about <laughs> you know our modern Ed Wood Tommy Wiseau and you know, I think the two movies are kind of an interesting compare and contrast exercise because with regards to The Disaster Artist, I've had a very hard time shaking what Don Hughes, the great Don Hughes, wrote about it on Letterboxd, which is he called it the first real film of the Trump era, a snide, bigoted joke between rich friends. <laughs> and that's so good. Yeah. And there are a lot of differences between Tommy Wiseau and Ed Wood as well as how I think James Franco and Tim Burton regard them respectively. <laughs> Snide bigoted joke between, between rich, rich friends. friends. <laughs> so like James Franco was handing out headshots and doing auditions around the time that Greg Sestero was. Mm -hmm. That movie is a kind of there but for the grace of God go I nightmare for him. And he probably met people not unlike Tommy Wiseau yeah. in, on his path up. And Ed Wood was... Tim Burton's follow-up to Batman Returns, okay? So he is already one of the most financially successful filmmakers yeah. in history. Yeah. And yeah, like I say, in The Disaster Artist, there's a strong sense of there but for the grace of God go I. And also that movie ends on a note of, hey, he made a bad movie, but at the end of the day, he became famous. And uh, it may not have been a good kind of fame, but, uh, you know, isn't that all that matters, mm -hmm. ultimately? Because he certainly didn't cultivate good relationships along the way. Right. He didn't make good art, and he only did it once. Um, whatever it was, he did. And he did it because... Yeah, it's funny. The neighbors is no the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he did it because he made $10 million, you know... Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> Whether he was a landlord or whether he got a big settlement in a motorcycle well, there was, there accident. Was a, there or... was a rumor, right, that he was just like he he had some kind of like T-shirt hustle in Eastern Europe right. or something. Right. right now, Ed Wood, a pretty normal guy, relatively speaking, at least certainly socioeconomically, a pretty normal guy who like hustled and worked and, you know, with spit and a dream and the help of his buddies put together this small body of work. And ultimately, the movie Ed Wood ends on a note of, and this is coming from one of the most successful and recognizable filmmakers ever, Tim Burton. It ends on a note of this guy made movies on his own terms to the best that he could with his friends. And as long as you got your friends and a camera and something to say, that's what matters. That's the fundamentals. I think there's a fundamental difference between like those two things. Yeah. And we can also get into why Edward is, I think, aesthetically more interesting than the disaster artist oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like that kind of point of view, that's why this is ultimately not merely a very successful filmmaker patting Ed Wood on the head. It's it's a very successful filmmaker finding like common ground and saying that even if you don't get to be a Batman director, creativity itself is important. 